The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. This is Arun Sudhaman. I'm here in Singapore with Jacob Putin Parambil, who is the founding partner of Red Hill. Jacob, welcome. Thanks, Arun. Great to be here. Um, I thought it would be interesting to have a chat with you in your lovely office here in Singapore about the rise of Red Hill and about your career to date. Um, you had an, a number of positions before launching Red Hill. Yes, I, um, I s- in PR specifically, I started when I was with uh, Asda Burson Mastella under Sunil John in Dubai. Um, but I had had many communication roles in-house. I was with uh, Do in Dubai. Um, and prior to that, I was a journalist and uh, I was in the Indian Foreign Service. So, yeah, quite diverse. And then um, 2014 is when we started Red Hill. Okay, so why... Why did you decide to start Red Hill? Uh, well, one was uh, when I moved from uh, Dubai to here, I clearly saw that there was a gap in the market. Mm-hmm. Most of the uh, public relations agencies here were, uh, the large ones were uh, fully foreign-owned agencies, and they were following a template mm-hmm. which is you know set somewhere else and they're just rehashing it. Um, the second uh, arena was that you know Singapore was the hub, and everything was serviced all the other markets from here with mm-hmm. small satellite offices. Uh, clients in these other markets also wanted really good service and uh, teams. So I found that there is a need in the industry, and uh, I wanted to go ahead and you know try it. Mm. So my wife gave me six months to <laughs> to try it out. Mm. And uh, I found Sureka, my partner, who was in the uh, he was running a firm in social media. Right. So we just said, you know what, let's just start Red Hill. And okay. from day one, we decided we wanted to be a global agency yeah. with deep Asian roots. Um, so the uh, PR equ- you know, equivalent of uh, a Singapore Airlines or a DBS, you know, truly global players, but mm. out of Singapore. And since then, you've grown quite rapidly. Yes, we have uh, organically. Mm. I mean, we started just two people. I think we had about $3,000 in the bank. Um, and uh, we just, uh, you know, we focused early on. In the beginning, we had like one client and we just gave it our all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, client was very happy. The, the uh, results were for everyone to see. So, you know, good word gets around quick and uh, that built for us a pipeline. And then the second strategy was that we focused on markets outside Singapore. Mm-hmm. So we got an early into Malaysia, which is a natu- natural extension. Uh, a lot of our initial clients were um, venture capitalists and startups who also grew quite fast. You know, uh, They were angel round husband and wife team, like SoCash, for example. Uh, today they are you know, multi-million dollar, this thing. So they kind of... Um, uh, start trusting you and get used to you. So when they decide to go to Japan or they go to the US, they say, why don't you come along with us? Mm-hmm. You know, um, And the work culture also was similar because they were startups. Mm-hmm. They were into hacking things. They were into finding you know, more efficient ways. 
um they were not tied down by time sheets or things like that mm. and uh, another factor was also um we, uh, it's a problem that we changed into an advantage we couldn't hire people because we couldn't afford you know talent agents and things mm-hmm. our experiences were not that uh, good with the one or two that we used mm-hmm. and people who were in pr had an inertia to move to an agency that is new or small uh typically small or new agencies would be you know would stagnate at the boutique stage yes. um so we had to rely on people who were fresh into pr mm-hmm. and then we had to train them ourselves mm-hmm. um so a lot of our staff are people who have done developmental economics engineering things like that but then we looked for people who are who've got a problem solving problem solving mentality uh, who are good writers who can uh, understand things put it into simple words um good in client servicing they can talk to a client as an advisor um and put the client in the center mm-hmm. um those are things which i looked for people that joined us that came naturally and that kind of defined our culture so uh, that helped us grow so um we also gave uh, employees stock options uh, so they are a part of our growth oh, and um at the same time we are also um you know as that's singaporean ethos of punching above our weight yeah. so we didn't look back at any big rfp out there and said oh we might not get this i said mm. we'll just give it our all uh and let the client decide whether they want to pick us or someone else and you've landed some big rfps yes we have been fortunate with some some of those big yeah. accounts okay um and how many people are you now all together we are 70 people okay uh, 20 offices yeah uh, we are 14 offices in 11 countries wow yeah okay so yeah. 25 here in singapore 25 here in singapore but 25 we also have our you know admin and finance uh, all these markets require a lot of paperwork yeah. uh, taxation and you know employment contracts and things so that is something that we do centrally out of singapore is one of the problems for small agencies that are growing internationally is just the dilution of management focus yeah. right you have what is it 14 yeah 14 offices 14 yeah. offices i mean that must take up a lot of time and often i see with small agencies when they're growing internationally it just proves to be too much of a distraction hmm. and you know they they find it hard to be good in their home market and in overseas markets yeah how how have you managed that challenge well uh, i'm going to take you back uh, <laughs> to my catholic raising i okay. used to be an altar boy and um, one of the things and it's a, it's a case study in business schools as well you know they study the um, um you know the loyola colleges so the jesuits you know um and they were sent to different parts of the world you know to you know do missionary work and things like that and for long periods of time uh, they would be disconnected because of you know there was no communication at that time there was civil war in europe and this like that but they just continued doing their work mm. because the core um, you know message or values and everything is like deep inside um, you know implanted into them and that is something i took when i started red hill mm. i took young people uh, or people who are experienced and i i assess them for what their drive is mm-hmm. and their drive uh i matched it with what is what is do we want to achieve with red hill and then you know it's spent you spend a lot of time with them they understand what you're trying to achieve you know get them aligned to a major goal or a task and there is a lot of burn 
from some people in major agencies and things who have been in stuck in the same position mm-hmm. because they have built a hierarchy you know uh, some agencies there are seven steps that you go from an assistant account manager to a director level mm-hmm. and each of those seven you go every two years yeah. you know and by the time you're a director when you're 40 or 45 the cfo or hr person decides you know what we can get somebody 35 you know for this thing I'll just you know let's just get rid of him because for him it's just an excel sheet mm-hmm. so here the growth is faster you know we have people who have joined us as account manager and are now you know directors um uh, they just have to prove themselves um bring value to the client uh and grow their businesses so that is something that has um, worked so even if you know we have two people now going to be three in berlin you know there's a time difference there is everything you know but uh, they come down here we spend a lot of time with them modern technology tools we are able to talk to them every day uh, especially things like slack and whatsapp and things like that we are on constant touch with each other and also the structuring so is so the chessuits no. yeah <laughs> yeah so the 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 structuring is such that uh, um uh, we are we think as one team so we don't say that this is this or this is that and uh, you know so we try to provide like a weekly uh, eucharistic experience uh, to 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 all our team members you know yeah. so you are the jesuit uh, missionaries uh, yeah so i i'm i'm not i'm um, saying that we are a religious organization but i took the management principles from them okay uh, and then i just kind of you know put that into our system yeah so that you know they all um, you know the the book uh, brief history of humankind mm. in that there is this in that what makes human beings different is that we are all able to believe in something which is not happened or n- not you know seen you know we have power of imagination and if we align all those thoughts into a greater goal and you know motivate people for it then it becomes uh, you know I, this is the same if you look at like an indian corporate like tata mm. you know Tata's never believed in enriching themselves as individual promoters you know every money they got they put it into trust you know Tata's owned by trust so it's you know when India got independence it, what Tata said was I want Tata to be the vehicle that will you know make India rich mm-hmm. India prosperous he never that I want to be the richest man in the world mm-hmm. so if the greater purpose is not uh, you know individual richness or things like that it's you know that pride uh that sense of achievement in creating something big uh and that is something that is just addictive to people yeah yeah so that is what i hone on like and get sure. people to believe in okay and y- you mentioned that you started with a focus on vc and startup world was that deliberate uh it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't deliberate you know but that was a gap in the industry um the i had learned uh, from personal experience uh, when i was with person masteller asta person masteller in uh, dubai you know one of our clients was souk mm-hmm. it was one of our smallest clients they just came in because they were you know changing and everything mm-hmm. and it grew rapidly to a state where they were sold for close to a billion dollars to amazon and i knew at that time that the vc startup space is picking up here if i plant my uh, do good work with them when they are small it's like circus lions you know you train them when they are cubs and you know they become huge lions still they you know <laughs> listen they don't, they, you. They, yeah, they don't <laughs> eat me but they listen to you more you know they value you they'll eat somebody else if they come into the ring you know this thing they protect so, you yeah so and the founders have their own you know they are extremely driven people uh, they're taking huge risks Uh, and you should be able to accommodate them 
you know and if you just tell them the standard pr procedure of working with them they won't get it well standard pr procedure is to avoid startups from what i can see yeah because it does the, the two cultures don't gel mm. you know they're and like it's risky it's seen as risky financially sometimes yeah so see when you talk about risk in a pr field right you are then stocking off the cfo driven culture and the holding company driven culture they want to de-risk everything yep correct but then how do you de-risk everything and be in a creative industry yep. you know so here um our focus has always been in what is it that is going to give value to uh the client in terms of his business growth in, in terms of his uh, fundraising um how does he get more prominence because people have to invest in him right round after round in a loss making company mm-hmm. authorities have to take the startup seriously for regulatory purposes and things like that and a lot of these people there's one startup uh, who's doing really well right now he just raised close to uh, 40 million dollars he had never been to malaysia so uh, and you know he was going to sign a major thing over there and um so we have to like uh, do a lot of hand holding mm-hmm. and things like that but uh, one of the early things we focused on we only worked on retainer work mm-hmm. so we wanted long term horizon uh, to make these things come into fruition okay. so that uh, especially on from the finance front really helped us mm-hmm. because it is regular cash flow and we didn't take uh, we were very conservative um, in our uh, approach and uh, that we only spend money that we have we have focused on remaining profitable all throughout and a growing profitability rate mm. um so we have uh, focused on that mm. and your indian hq is in cochin yes i am from uh, kerala uh, and being in the government service earlier i know that there's a factor called distance from delhi so the further you are away from delhi the more things get done and uh, kochi is good because you know emirates is one of our uh, largest clients in india mm. um we have office in every city emirates flies to mm. um uh, we also have uh, cgh earth uh, which is a large high ultra luxury uh, resorts uh, we do their pr globally mm. and uh, now we're getting a lot of inbound within india because there are a lot of indian companies who want to go international now especially again startups and uh, so uh, you know startups is a high risk uh, arena a lot of startups don't make it into yeah. the future but when they see that there is a playbook uh, that this startup did this 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 and then they went and their pr agency was red hill you know so oh. it kind of you know so you think you can say to startups that you can help their chances we don't say that mm. uh, because ultimately it's a business which mm. they have to do but if you look at data points mm. and then you see that out of the you know Hundred startups you are engaged with, over ninety percent of that mm-hmm. has been. Uh, it could be because we're giving them the right advice. Well, it's interesting because I think many startups have seen public relations as a nice to have rather than a must have. Mm. Um, but you would presumably think, say, it's a must have. Um, see, it depends again on what the startups thinks of PR. Mm-hmm. So, th- a lot of startups who we say no to, uh, their founders come with the idea that. A, PR is uh, you know hubris you know mm. like you come on the front page of this thing yeah, or well this magazine or whatever and they think that is it and you can't blame them uh, uh yeah, there's I no industry built around that silicon yes, valley exactly so the the but that is not going to do anything good for your business mm. and also there is a huge issue that um uh you know a lot of entrepreneurship uh, I, i'm an entrepreneur myself it's borderline mental disease 
you know you are throwing away every sense of reason you know you could just glide into an agency do your x amount of sales manage your x amount of clients and you are happy you're chucking all that away especially an entrepreneur like at my stage of life i have three kids <laughs> everything you know why would you take so many risks so when you live that entrepreneurial uh, dream it's not always a pleasant dream and then when you get a chance to scream to the world that no i've made it you know i've done this that's where the hubris thing comes in if you are able to filter that out and say that that is not going to help your business what is going to help your business is if you show how your business is going to help somebody save 10 minutes of their life or stop them from queuing up at a bank or make sure that their kids to get dropped at school on time provide that value let the business grow and then you come upon as the guy who started this so a lot of the uh, sadly a lot of the things and we don't uh, we say this up front is that we tell our startups don't focus on entrepreneurial porn you know don't focus on stories where rags to riches stories how i you know don't so google it either yeah don't do it because it's just a waste of time what you need to do is if you're an entrepreneur the rules of entrepreneurship or setting up a business has not changed ever mm-hmm. you have to build a product which you can sell for a greater value than you spent on it mm-hmm. and that has to keep you know happening and that is the message that you need to s- send because that's the message your investors want that is the message your clients want that is the message that you know sure uh, interesting um what's the next risk for you our risk uh my risk the thing that i worry about most is uh finding good people uh putting my you know culture code into them early um and i uh, what you rightly said like as we expand more and more um and it's something i had to deal with personally being a control freak is that you know is it uh, you know getting too far off um am i are they still on the same path you know are they using the um, uh, right red hill beliefs you know am i able to transfer this knowledge faster to all these people i can they keep the red hill flag flying you know all these markets so we have interest in growing in you know other markets and things so that uh, that risk is there i'm not too much worried about uh, accelerated business growth or what our bottom line is and things like that because you know touch wood we are in a very comfortable uh, our basic bins, business principles and everything remain the same yeah so that way we are uh, i'm not worried about that financial kind of a risk mm-hmm. the other risk is the larger industry risk right. uh, which you had uh, clearly pointed out in your article uh, with edelman is that the industry is evolving fast what is it that you want to be mm-hmm. you know and uh, where i will disagree in that article is this whole notion of uh, earned creative mm-hmm. i can't for the life of me understand what that means mm-hmm. you know if you are creative you are not um uh, pr to me in my definition is communicating a message uh and make it interesting enough that um, people you know share it and spread it and a general reputation is built uh and this can be in various forms mm-hmm. uh and you have to focus on what is the most efficient use of that message um and i don't think it is by beautifying something in terms of creative graphics or you know putting it in a video i don't think that is the i think our focus has to be on the messaging the core messaging everything else is things you build around it mm-hmm. and you don't want to step into a 
there is always going to be a difference between paid and earned mm-hmm. a lot of our messaging media relations creating of content and all that is very earned focus the paid focus are the things which is more digital more the same because even if you come out the chances of you being the next uh, you know uh, gangnam song or whatever mm-hmm. is like one in a trillion yeah. and you betting all that on a you know creative earned if, if everybody could do creative earned it's like some random guy becoming a youtube star or things like that it is not predictable yeah. so it makes a big difference so what's the next step for red hill so our um, you know larger goal is to be a global agency um to build a name and a brand uh, as a southeast asian origin but global player mm. and um so we will look at opportunities to acquire other firms think people we can integrate um we will look at um, new avenues of business uh, public affairs is something we are getting into now uh, we have a few clients there uh, we have done well in pharma uh, we want to expand there more um uh, startups vcs has given us a uh, entry into finance so as uh, you know my team is young as they grow i'm hoping that they will grow with the same mm. um in uh, expansionary mode uh, with the right values that we have put in mm. and um yeah so organically stably grow so that's the larger picture it's a very ambitious goal i'm glad to see it there's not been a global agency come from this part of the world Well I since we brought up Kochi I have to tell you this bit about my granddad who passed away a long time ago mm. he used to always tell me that you know you should aim for the stars mm. because even if you fail you will land up on the tallest coconut tree mm. yeah so you know there's no limit to you know as long as you've got one foot on the ground and mm. uh, that that we do with sound business sense mm. uh good set of advisors people on the board and things like that um then you're in a you know you're um, you've got some amount of safety checks in place do you have a delhi office yeah oh you do yeah okay so you couldn't avoid that no yeah <laughs> we, we are there in delhi kolkata hyderabad chennai bangalore mumbai and kochi and chennai wow. yeah okay yeah and all our offices are our own people our own entities uh, it's not like my nephew <laughs> you know thing we are not that uh, uh, things all uh, I've seen that too <laughs> yes yes so you know the because you know we cannot um, and a, and a big difference is that um, a lot of times that quality you can provide mm. if you outsource your work in another country or another city to somebody else mm. the loyalties are not there to your client or to you so that's something we avoided you know that's something easy to do you can find people on linkedin or they say hey, can you do this for us can you? no we have our own guys in japan we have about four people now in the tokyo office um there are japanese people that we hired it is you know it's a big uphill task to recruit in japan but you know surek and i landed up one day we didn't even check the weather and uh, it is freezing <laughs> and we're like next time we should check weather and yeah. uh, we big just started off from coaching yes big difference from coaching <laughs> so <laughs> you're fully bootstrap no private equity money no external nothing. funding nothing okay nothing. you would consider that we would we would uh, we have some interest on it but it has to be aligned with our uh just with friends right. and uh because we don't want to create something that is not sustainable today a large part of us taking risks with startups or being flexible with clients or going the extra mile is because we have that fundamentals in place 
uh, we have you know i don't owe anybody money i don't have investors on my board telling me where is your this that so that kind of gives you um a good set of uh, fundamentals to be flexible on for your clients and for you know taking larger decisions um so that that uh, really helps yeah. but as we grow um uh, this thinking the thinking will remain the same but we have to find the right kind of money who are also patient who also have believe in what we are trying to do yeah. so let's take it there Jacob a real pleasure to talk to you good luck with everything and I'm sure we'll talk again soon Absolutely thank you so much thanks take it You've been listening to the Echo Chamber brought to you by the Homes Reports and produced by Marketeers sponsored by the Bullet Group putting you in tomorrow's conversations today mm-hmm.